It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We'll rock it like we're never going to see us again. Come on Coming to you live from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, this is Pure Gold with your host, David and Joe. Good evening, everyone. It is 6 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air. Welcome once again to the show that covers Woo! everything and anything and tells it like it is. Woo! Yeah. My name is Joe, Just Business Machine, and my tag team partner playing the sound bites is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? I'm doing fabulous, sir. Just excited and ready for another awesome episode of Pure Gold, the greatest show in the world that is hands down not debatable. It's just a matter of fact. <laughs> Indeed. The contact information, sir. Let's get the show on the way. Folks, as always, if you'd like to be a part of this show, give us a call, 714-364-4721. You can check us out at puregoldpg.com, or you can watch, listen, see all the greatness. You can check out all our past shows there. You can see our Twitter, of course, in the Follow Us tab, our Facebook, our YouTube, which we haven't updated in about seven months, I believe. And we probably only have about ten videos in the you know two years or whatever it is that we we started doing the the uh, the videos. But folks, check it out again. PureGoldPG.com. JB. All right. So like I was saying, steroids. I mean, people like Roger Clemens, people like Arod, uh, they probably didn't even need steroids to begin with. They just did it because I don't know if it was just readily available. If they knew that this would make them superhuman. But people like Pete Rose, for example. It's still not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that to me um, is what makes the Hall of Fame, you know, I don't know. I I, I can't like the WWE Hall of Fame because they have Coco Beware in it, but yet the, the Baseball Hall of Fame, a legit Baseball Hall of Fame, can't have Pete Rose in it, yet he cheated in a different way, and these guys cheat on the field. What yeah, do I, don't, I don't understand it, Sarah. I honestly don't. It, it just – it is what it is, and that's pretty much the situation that we're in as far as a as far as a – society where people cheat and do all these terrible things and you know it, that's pretty much hey, all. thanks for calling please leave oh we're trying to reconnect with Arda here Arda you there hello yeah gotcha hey Arda I don't know what's going on we're having some issues with Skype unfortunately um but we we had started the interview originally we had asked you about your favorite interviews and you were telling us your least favorite interviews and uh, you mentioned uh Mr. uh I believe it was Mr. Ed Leslie aka Buddhist the Barber Beefcake well, I think that the news story is trying to uh, the the efforts of trying to get on this program, <laughs> the trials and tribulations. We should make a mini series on that. Uh, yeah, Brutus Beefcake. Um, I was just, I just had to happened to call him 
uh, after his bedtime. I guess he was sleepy, so I didn't really get the best interview necessarily from him. But uh, all's well that ends well. I mean, I got a really good video interview with him uh, a couple months ago when he was in Toronto. Uh, but there are a couple other guys that are pretty protective of the business still, and um, sometimes you just have to catch them on a good day, or you have to, like, there's a lot of factors that people don't really factor in, you know, whether that person has had a good day or not, if they received some bad news, or, you know, if it's a bad time of day for them, so there's a lot of factors that go into uh, cultivating the perfect interview, and especially what they have promoting or whatnot, like, if the person is doing, like, a thousand interviews, then they may be on autopilot answering the same questions, but... Uh, uh, oftentimes, the best interviews are the ones that happen the most spontaneous. Right, like this one. Uh, folks, for those of you joining us uh, just now, we are interviewing Arda O'Cal from The Score up in Canada. Arda is well-known in the internet wrestling community as someone who got gets all the scoop, all the inside interviews, and some great stuff. And, uh, you know, again, Arda, we, we thank you for uh, for joining us here this afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Arda, what, what I want to know is, because uh, me and Dave are pretty big wrestling fans, we've had a lot of uh, wrestling experts from the internet. We've had some wrestlers on. I just want to know from you, what do you think was the turning point in terms of just the the end of the the, the Attitude Era, the Golden Age of wrestling? You're going all the way back to the Attitude Era. Yeah, because I want I want his take on like, do you think that Vince buying the competition was a good thing for wrestling, or it ended up being a bad thing? I think that there are both positives and negatives, but at the end of the day, competition is good. I think that, uh, personally, I, I know a lot of people play uh, fantasy booker when it comes to a lot of angles uh, in the like past. So? Yeah, especially like, uh, especially with the invasion angle. I think that's like right. the biggest uh, fantasy right. booker thing that people do. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, and a lot of people are like, well, I would have done it this way, I would have done it that way, and I, I guess unless we were in that situation. I mean, here's the thing, okay? Um, like, a lot of people uh, will give their best-case scenario, but they're not privy to certain situations. Like, they're not privy to contract obligations. They're not privy to uh, egos. They're not privy to uh, certain situations that we, like, unforeseen circumstances. Like, there's a lot of things uh, that factor in. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, we can give our ultimate situations. Like, for me, my, my ultimate situation would have been for WCW to exist and not have Raw and SmackDown. Like, for WCW to continue on as it was, as a different-looking promotion just owned by the WWE, however, airing on a different network and just right. being exactly as it was and, you know, selecting different talents and whatnot, I think that would have been a great idea. But there may be reasons that couldn't work. Maybe that's part of the uh, buyout clause. Maybe uh, there's some certain situations there that we just don't know that prevent precluded them from doing so. So I just think that, like, especially with wrestling, like, everyone is an armchair booker, right? And at the end of the day... That's fine, and, and, and there will always be that, but I just, I just hope that people understand that, you know, their optimal situation may not happen for certain reasons. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point, Arda, and uh, Joe and I have talked about this at length because we love to fantasy book, and it is true that there's so many things like ego that go into play that ex exclude certain things from happening or precludes, but, um, you know... I, I love the idea of WCW existing on its own, but Vince never did that with any of the territories he bought. He bought them out, and then that was it. They were dead. So I can't imagine that having it happen with WCW, which is why they did the whole terrible invasion angle. I mean, Vince tried ECW on its own. That was bad. It would have been awesome, but me, ideally, it would have been for WCW to have existed under different ownership and different management and not Vince owning it because I just don't think that that was ever in Vince's, in Vince's uh, plan. 
Yeah, I mean, and then there's a lot of situations that could have happened, uh, but at the end of the day, it happened how it happened. But, uh, I mean, that's not the only angle that is of interest, right? I mean, there's a lot of other angles in the past that people uh, hold fondly. So. Okay, Arda, I, I won't fancy book on air because I respect <laughs> you, and uh, I only do that with Dave because I don't respect him right. that much. So I, let right. me ask you, you say competition's a good thing. Um, is TNA competition to the WWE, and what do you think that – TNA needs to do to close the gap and actually compete, you know, just like the Monday Night Wars, for example? I think that TNA is, uh, I think with the with the hire of Dave Lagana, I think that that is a huge positive uh, in the creative process of TNA. And I think what's happening is, whereas maybe a, a year or two ago, a lot of people were turned off by the TNA product. I think a lot of people were... Uh, disappointed and there was too many logic holes and everyone was just it was just the whipping boy of the wrestling community where people were just you know finding ways to put it down but I think now especially with the with the hiring of Dave Lagana and and you know a lot of key elements like homegrown talent like Bobby Roode is the longest reigning champion and AJ Styles and and so many homegrown talents are being the focus Austin Aries is another one I think that we're reaching this point where a lot of wrestling fans who may have left TNA behind, are starting to rediscover it. And they're starting to discover that TNA isn't so bad anymore. People are starting to discover that, hey, um, the, the product actually is pretty good. Like what they're, uh, what, what they're reading is, or what they're uh, watching isn't so bad. And I think that there's a lot of positives with TNA. And at the end of the day, like I said, competition is good. I like competition. I want to see competition in wrestling because, at the, because not only do the companies get more creative and get more interesting when there is competition, but also more workers get work. And I, and I am a big fan of the worker. Like I respect the people who are going and working every single weekend and they hold full-time jobs and they do this for several years and who knows how many tryouts they have with either company and they finally get a shot and, you know, they're not making as much money as you think they are. And it's just a big hard grind to make it in professional wrestling. So for, for them to have another avenue that is viable and for them to apply their craft, I think that's all positive. So to answer your question about TNA closing the gap, I think that they are moving in the right direction right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few years that the, the reputation of TNA continues to grow positively. Well, it's definitely better a better product to watch. I know that I've seen the, couple, the first couple of live impacts. And, uh, you know, they're entertaining. I mean, what, I like Austin Aries. I think he has talent. I know the internet wrestling community is in love with the guy. Uh, but truthfully, I don't need to see Hulk Hogan coming into the, the squared circle talking about Austin Aries being the greatest talent he's ever seen in the history of this business, which to me is absolutely idiotic. But that's something you see a lot in wrestling. And as far as logic and book, you know, because every guy, when they get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, they're all the greatest performer of all time. Whether it's Ric Flair, whether it's Shawn Michaels, when Triple H retires, I'll say the same thing. Uh, you know, when, when Austin Aries retires or whatever, people, people just like to say that and throw it out there. And I get you're trying to build somebody up, but it should be somewhat realistic, I think, you know, as good as Aries is. But as far as logic, plot holes, and all that stuff, we have to look no further than the WWE. I mean, I saw something recently that, that my co-host here looked at and we saw on the Internet. Krista Joseph, who used to write for the WWE and uh, known as uh, Mr. Big Dick Johnson, the guy who's always you know, running around in a thong with DX, had said that when you, know, when you have those meetings with Vince, there's a lot of Vince saying, well, if I, I can't remember what the hell is going on. The audience isn't going to remember what the hell is going on, so who cares about logic? And, you know, you see a lot of that in the WWE because – you know, John Laurinaitis gets fired, for example, this week, and Cena got fired back uh, last summer with Nexus, 
and then he was on Raw more than he ever was before. When you look at the WWE product, Arda, give me, give me, give us a, a quick rundown if you could. What do you think is going well for them, and what do you think is not going so well? Well, I mean, uh, it, it basically on the things of what you've said, uh, I, I agree. I mean, the biggest uh, criticisms or complaints that I have are the things that are uh, that don't make sense to me. Another example is the Big Show. I mean, why would he cut a promo where he's talking about all the things that he didn't like, and one of them being his name, the Big Show, and he he makes a snide remark about how he didn't like his name. Well, if he doesn't like his name and he not has an ironclad contract, why doesn't he just change his name? Why doesn't he just go as Paul White now? Why is he continuing to be the Big Show if that's such a big deal to him? So there's a few things that, you know, I mean, everyone can can uh, can take a look and, and kind of poke holes at logic. And at the end of the day, I do feel I, I'm under the subscription that any storyline or anything that we're being presented should be logical, should have a progression, and, and should make sense. Now, to be fair... I do see what Vince McMahon is saying because a lot of there's so much happening in every show that not every single person is going to remember every single thing. But a collective of people, for example, on Twitter, may bring up a lot of points on what's happening and then everyone else will be like, oh, yeah, how come that did happen, even though they might not have thought of it themselves. So, I mean, in this day and age, it makes sense more than ever to preserve logic and preserve you know, common sense when thinking of these storylines, and that's just my opinion. But uh, in terms of what's going well and what's going not, I mean, what's going well is I think that there's an awesome uh, potential crop. I think the farm team is full of a lot of awesome names, uh, and a lot of them came from Ring of Honor, as I'm sure people are aware, and there's just a lot of people who you can look up and say, you know what, this guy's going to be uh, a main event player really soon. Some examples are uh, Antonio Cesaro, who just started on SmackDown. You got Cassius Ono. You got Dean Ambrose, who's John Moxley. You've got like just a lot of guys. Tyler Black is another guy uh, who now is Seth Rollins. Like there's just a bunch of guys who came from Ring of Honor, the Independence, and you can say, you know what, the, there's a lot of money to be made with these guys. Um, and yeah, that's that's a positive thing to me. Now, are the two wrestlers that? I feel like, um, you know, the WWE dropped the ball are from the two guys that came back recently, uh, Chris Jericho and Brock Lesnar. I think that they completely botched up the whole Brock Lesnar returning him to have John Cena beat him at, you know, the pay-per-view. Extreme Rules. Yeah, Extreme Rules was, uh, I thought, just the wrong way to book uh, Brock Lesnar. I just want to know your take. What do you think about the Brock Lesnar project? And do you think that they brought back Chris Jericho to... Um, just rub off on CM Punk and put CM Punk over? And never win a match? And never win a match? Well, I mean, Chris Jericho is one of those guys who always said, you know, it doesn't matter to me if I win a match or not because I'm always going to have a good good match. And, I mean, he is. I mean, I went to a live event in March before WrestleMania, and he hit the best match was Chris Jericho versus Kofi Kingston. I mean, he, he's, he's a guy that you can always rely on to have a great match, and Chris Jericho gets the business. He understands. That's why he's always able to come back when he comes back and he always has a name value and he's entertaining and he'll always have a good match. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the case that uh, he, uh, he came back and he thought, you know what, I want to have a rivalry with CM Punk and I know that I can elevate him to a whole new level. And at the end of the day, CM Punk beat him at WrestleMania and the most amount of casual viewers are watching pay-per-view at WrestleMania. So the most amount of casual viewers saw Chris Jericho lose to CM Punk, and I'm sure they know who Chris Jericho is because he's been around for so long, and also they may know a Fozzie, or they may have seen him on NBC's Downfall, so they'll say, oh, I know that guy, and this guy lost to CM Punk, so now I all, all of a sudden care about CM Punk if they didn't know him already from his rant in Las Vegas last year. Now, in terms of Brock Lesnar, 
Yeah, fine. I mean, when I saw him, I thought he was going to be a monster. He was just going to amass a big winning streak, and he was going to lose to somebody eventually the next year's WrestleMania. But once again, there might be some unforeseen circumstances. Maybe it's a work, maybe it's not, but all the stuff that you hear on the Internet about him being hard to deal with and whatever, maybe it's all being fed to us. And that's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you believe what you want to believe. And, and, and sometimes the Internet uh, wrestling sites are played to the advantage of whoever is trying to get an angle over. I mean, you have to think about that, too. Maybe what you're reading is what you're supposed to be reading, and that's just the next evolution of a work. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it, it's supposed to be, like, based on what people are reading, you develop this whole new image of Brock Lesnar, and maybe that was the whole desire to begin with. So do I think it's a failure? No, because when he comes back, he's still going to have interest. The smart marks are still going to buy the pay-per-view because they want to see Brock Lesnar, and whether he's going to be a prima donna or whatever, or whatever they would like to believe. And fans know who Brock Lesnar is, and they're going to probably want to buy the pay-per-view anyway. So if it happens to be Lesnar and Triple H at SummerSlam, I still think it's going to be a big marquee match. After all you just said, can you explain why the, the ratings have continually just declined over year over year? I think that especially this year, I think it ha I think it's a big issue with part time contracts. I think that it is both positive and negative. Uh the thing is that WrestleMania generated the most interest it has ever generated. And uh that is due to the the rock in primary, uh primarily due to the rock. But the problem is The Rock left uh, two days after WrestleMania. He, he was on Raw, he said he wanted to be champion, and then he left. So unfortunately, I would assume that a lot of viewers left with The Rock. Similarly, Brock Lesnar, when he's not on television, a lot of people will leave with Brock Lesnar. When Chris Jericho leaves, whenever he leaves to uh, go pursue his interests with Fozzie, then there will be a lot of interest that is left there as well. So while it's nice to see these faces over and over again, I do think that uh, that unfortunately uh, leaves a gaping hole. And right now, that hole is not being filled. And I think that that is a big issue. I think that uh, uh, the titles is a big deal, too. I think that the fact that John Cena is headlining every single pay-per-view, uh, or most pay-per-views, I should say, not every single one, but most, uh, when he is not champion, and the championships uh, seem to have been devalued, I would think that that is an issue, too. Well, when you look at folks, and again, we're talking to Ardo Cal from the score up in Canada. Ardo, when you look at the whole, I, there was a thing on Busted Open over on Sirius, and they were saying that I think the last two or three years, the only time Cena has not made an event in a pay-per-view was like uh, the Royal Rumble and uh, maybe like two or three pay-per-views in the last two or three years. And uh, you, the, the title is completely devalued when you have John Cena and the Big Show going main event at a pay-per-view when it's not for the title, it's just for a story. And in the next in a row, you end it with John Cena beating up John Laurinaitis. I mean, to me, that was that was just not interesting. It wasn't a great show on Monday. Um, and again, that, that, that's a, a bit of the reason why I've turned a little more attention to TNA, because I feel like they, they are starting to do some stuff right now that they've changed things up a bit and gotten rid of some people or, you know, moved some positions around. So I like to see AJ Styles, who really is as good as can be in the ring, or Christopher Daniels, or again, Austin Aries and these guys, uh, it's unfortunate what happened to Chris Saban in the X Division, getting tearing his other ACL. But there's just there's actual wrestling on TNA, and when I'm forced to watch you know two minute matches on Raw, it, it, it's a, it's a bit uninteresting to me as a as a wrestling fan for so many years. I had somebody ask me on Twitter the other day, why do I still watch it? It's like Joe says, you know, it's like a drug and you're addicted to it. You want to get off and you can't. Um, but at times, for for me at least, it becomes less than enjoyable when I'm being forced to look at Cena every day, every night. 24/7 in the main event. I mean, they it, 
it's going to be three hours. I mean, do you think that a, two hours is tough? And sometimes they're not that great. You think they're going to be able to put on a good and interesting three-hour show from now on, starting in July? I think it's going to be very tough. It's going to be a huge challenge. But I also think that there's an opportunity to elevate championships in this situation. For example, uh, a three-hour Raw may lend itself to more matches like Intercontinental title matches. I mean, right now, the Intercontinental Championship, uh, I think Christian holding it is a good idea. But at the end of the day, uh, it's not nearly as valuable as it used to be. And I think that there are some positives to going three hours. For example, having these kind of championship matches on a regular basis. Uh, I do think that there may be a possibility to um, increase the value of the world championships in this situation also. That being said, I do think that it is a, is a big uphill battle. I think that a lot of people are going to be challenged to try and watch all three hours every single week. But... That's not to say that we should just completely write off that idea altogether. I'd like to give the WWE a chance to see what they have planned because, to me, I don't... I mean, a lot of people will will, will the WWE for a lot of their decisions without even giving them a chance. And I, I am not one of those people. I'm not somebody who's going to be a pessimist right off the bat. And I've been watching wrestling for, you know, over 30, over 20 years and, and 25 years or whatever. So I fall under the same category of those people who would claim to be, oh, you know, I've seen it all and blah, blah, blah. And, and I, and I, you know, I, I wish, I wish for the good old days because I'm nostalgic and, and I can't watch this crap anymore. Like, I don't subscribe to that, man. Like, honestly, I, 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 I'm under the vote of if you really don't like it and you're just watching it to, to on it, you can do better things with your life. You can, you can you devote your uh, time to other things. And I still find enjoyment in professional wrestling, which is why I watch it. And I watch all professional wrestling. I don't just watch the WWE. I watch Ring of Honor and I watch TNA and I'm involved in the independence here in uh, Toronto. So I watch all levels and I enjoy all levels. So when the WWE says they're going to three hours, I'm going to give it a chance. Now, if I don't like it, I'm going to say so, but I'm right. not going to say I don't like it right off the bat. Right, right. No, that, that's a good point. It's an interesting one. Uh, one final one for me, uh, you know, switching back to TNA for a second here, is that you said something about valuing championships, which is why this came to mind now. When and Joe pointed this out to me the other day, but when I look at the Bound for Glory series, which is their big, you know, their big pay-per-view, uh, their, a.k.a. Their, their bootleg WrestleMania, but... They have this whole Bound for Glory series and this confusing number of points. If you win this way, if you submit, if you, you know, if you throw someone through a table, whatever, you know, they have that this whole convoluted thing. But then you have the open fight night, which guys can, you know, challenge for any title. Does that does that devalue the whole Bound for Glory series when a guy can just challenge for the TNA title or win a different title easily? And then you've got to go through this insane, uh, all these loopholes and jumping. I mean, why not just do a King of the Ring style tournament and be done with it? I mean, to me, every year I've ever heard of it, the Bound for Glory series is confusing and doesn't lend itself well to the casual fan. I get what you're saying. I agree with, uh, with I, I understand what you're saying and I can see your point. I think that uh, there are fans that like to follow along and like they're, you know, they like to follow the stats and whatever, just like in any other sport. I think that people will appreciate, you know, holding on to uh, weekly stats and whatever point systems and whatever the case may be. Uh, Territory Fight League comes to mind, actually, what, what Rikishi is doing these days, how it's like, a, it's like they, they treat it like a, like a league and, you know, they have home teams and whatever, and they go and wrestle matches and then winners get points and whatever. And that's, and that's easy to follow. And, and I mean, I guess the Bound for Glory series is a little bit confusing, 
But uh, Bobby Roode actually made a good point. I had a chance to interview him earlier this week, and the interview is going to come out on the Baltimore Sun on Friday. He said that you know the fact that that much in, uh, in investment is going into uh, the championship makes the championship more valuable, and I agree with that because the fact is everyone is in the Bound for Glory series to have a shot at TNA's biggest event for the biggest championship. So that's why people put stock into it, because they're seeing these matches already when Bound for Glory is in, what, October, right? So that's why there's some sort of value placed on it. And, I mean, in terms of why it's not just a single elimination tournament, yeah, that can happen, but at the end of the day, TNA's trying something different. So, I mean, I'm not quick to dispose of the idea. I can understand how it does get a little convoluted, and maybe... Uh, some graphic boards may be good, maybe like, you know, some updates, some things like that, or maybe even a website. Just say, you know, here, here's the website dedicated to the Bound for Glory series. So, Art, one, one last question for me. Gun to your head. Who is the person to take the title off of Bobby Roode then? Well, James Storm has a lot of momentum going uh, to him. But to be honest with you, uh, again, going back to that interview, Bobby Roode uh, was talking about Samoa Joe. He said, you know, uh, that's a guy that I would love to – uh, have a rivalry with, and I think there's a lot of legs left in him uh, and is being underutilized. I, I am baffled with Samoa Joe. I mean, the fact that Samoa Joe is not consistently a main event guy is baffling to me. I think that that guy is the most interesting character uh, in TNA, and, and he is somebody that I want to... He's destination wrestling to me. Like, I want to change the channel to watch Samoa Joe, and I would love to see Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode. I mean, Bobby Roode is somebody who... I uh, always pegged to be the future. Even when he was working independent shots with us in Ontario, I always thought, man, you know, this guy's going to be champion one day. And he is. And he's the longest reigning champion. And he deserves to be. If there's one guy that you, if you were to ask me, who's a guy from TNA that you can see be an immediate impact in the WWE, the two names I would say would be Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode. So it would be no uh, brainer for me to see them in a rivalry. That's a good point, Art. And, uh, you know, Steve Austin is a big fan of uh, Samoa Joe. I know he's not the typical look for the WWE, but uh, speaking of another guy, and I, this is the last question for me, um, since I, I, I thought this up on the spot, as it were, when you look at guys who are really popular in terms of backstage, you always hear about Randy Orton, and everyone seems to love him and think he's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, gun to your head, is he going to get fired at any point by the WWE, or is this guy just going to be here for the next 20 years? The guy has a lot of marketability. The guy has a lot of talent, and uh, a lot of people like him. But uh, I can also understand the point that has he reached the point where the negatives are starting to outweigh the positives? Um, I don't know the answer to that question because I don't know the list of negatives. I can only see the list of positives and how positively he impacts the WWE Universe and, and people watching the program. So if that point has come, then WWE would certainly make that decision. They, did, they made that decision with Kurt Angle. People are quick to forget about this. Kurt right. Angle was released by the WWE because the negatives outweighed the positives. And honestly, uh, that certainly was TNA's gain, and it still is TNA's gain Definitely. because Kurt Angle still remains one of the biggest draws uh, in TNA, right? So, I mean, if Randy Orton were to be released by the WWE, uh, there would certainly be a gain somewhere else. I could see right, him right. going to TNA or wherever, movies or whatever he decides to do. Definitely. Arda, uh, we thank you so much for joining us. We apologize for all the technical difficulties, but hopefully we can have you on again and, uh, you know, have things go smoothly, as it were. We really appreciate your take, and again, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. We appreciate it. Thanks, have Art. a good one. Folks, take care.
the one and only Arda Ocal from the score. And Joe, we've only got a couple of minutes left on this program. Uh, sir, we need to make it happen. We need to do it up PG style as only we can do, sir. What's up, guys? This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. Welcome back. One last topic, sir, and it has to be an important topic. We are talking about the New York Mets. That's right, folks. Last week, when we left you last Wednesday, the Mets completed the sweep, got swept by the Cincinnati Reds, and then has been taking on the Baltimore Orioles, and they're looking to sweep them tonight. So it's been back and forth, getting swept, get, you know, sweep, get swept. So the one thing I'm saying, sir, we are witnessing greatness. And Robert Allen Dickey, Dickey. a.k.a. the great R.A. Dickey. And the great thing is is that Johan Santana is the one that threw the no-header. Johan. Johan has thrown the perfect game on the no-header, and yet R.A. Dickey is putting on a performance uh, for the ages. And he really is, and I hope this continues. I think you're a moron and a complete and utter fool to think that he's never going to lose a game for the rest of the season. In fact, if uh, if I was your boss, I'd fire you for such a stupid opinion. But uh, if he can end up 20-5, and five, if he can end up 21-6, whatever, I'll take that in a second. He's been amazing. He's been pretty much unhittable. He's almost thrown two no-hitters, which is just unreal. He's the first guy to throw a back-to-back no-hitter, uh, one-hitters since, uh, I think, 1908 or some insane stat. Uh, he hasn't given up an earned run in almost 50 innings. Uh He's just been amazing. His last six starts, he's only given up one earned run. He He's truly a sight to behold, and it's nice to see Johan also pitch well last night because I know you were ready to jump off the ledge talking about Johan may be done. And, you know, two games, let's calm down, freaks. So the Mets now have, um, what, 1A and 1B in terms of aces. They no, have... it's clearly 1 Dickey, 2 Santana. There, there's no 1A and 1B. Dickey is the better pitcher right I'm now. Just, he's uh, the best pitcher in baseball. Right, I'm just saying Santana could be considered Ever. an ace, too, the way he pitches. No, not no, he's. Uh, Robert Allen Dickey, that's it. All right, so the Mets have two good pitchers, two really good pitchers. They're going to be in it for the rest of the year, I think, sir. I think they've proven they whenever they whenever they fall off the ledge, they come right back. But sir, let me ask you: is you you mentioned this before? Is it a bad sign? I think it's a terrible sign. Sweeping, getting swept, sweeping, getting swept, sweeping. If they win tonight, I almost want them to lose tonight and then go and win two or three in a row after that. Because if they sweep the Orioles and then they go and get swept in their next series against the Yankees. It shows they're the epitome of inconsistency, and it shows that they're not going to go anywhere because they're going to be 500, so that scares me. That scares me, but that also proves my 80 and 82 record. I mean, you tell me I'm... You're a fool. (laughs) You're an absolute fool. Listen, sir, how exciting is it to see Mr. Isaac Davis, a.k.a. Ike Davis, finally coming back? He hit that awesome grand slam the other day. He is the real deal, like Evander Holyfield. It was a good thing that me and Terry Collins had a conference the other week. Oh, and of course. Decided not to send him down to the minors because, you know, yeah, you were, you're a phony. You were a big advocate. You were a big proponent of so sending you. him. No, I wasn't. I never said on this show ever in the history of Pure Gold, I said I did not want him sent down. Look it up. Look at the archives. You no said way. trade him. No, I'd say trade him. What are you talking about? I think he did. No, you're, I think you're a liar. That's what I think. Well, anyway, so Ike Davis is back, according to you, Gary Cohen, and the Pope. The last 10 games, he's been great. He had a nine-game hitting streak. He's hitting grand slams. He's hitting home runs. He's hitting singles, doubles, triples. Great. Even last night, he didn't get a hit, but he looked great. 0-2 count. Ends up getting a walk to load the bases. The guy is back, sir. And if he's back, he can help carry the team. What do you think about that? I agree with you. I mean, Ike Davis is probably back because everyone else says it. I mean, but when he doesn't, when he decides to go into his little slump, then, you know, we'll be talking. 
Yeah, we will. And Jason Bay, I have to touch on this extremely quickly. If you are a person who booed Jason Bay when he got that concussion, you are the absolute scum of the earth, and you should be beaten by Jason Bay in the stomach with a bat. Because, you know, not that I advocate violence on anyone, just throw that out there, but it's an, you're you're a horrible and disgusting human being. If you're happy, you're cheering that Jason Bay got injured. The man, the, the one thing you can't deny is that he tries hard. It's a shame his career's gone down the toilet. But, sir, there's no way. If you if you think anything other than that, you are scum because he, he tries. He's done what he can do, and it's just not working out for him in New York, and they need to, you know, he needs to go. Be fair about it. Not every Met fan actually booed. No, but it was audible, and it was to the point where mo- it was mostly booed, so that is, that's terrible. What are we going to have for next week, sir? Sir, we have actress Anna Zylinski joining us. She was just recently in a movie called Jerusalem Countdown, and she's also been in several other television shows and programs. We're looking forward to a great interview with her. Again, we are going to pre-record an interview with actor Lauren Luster next week, who happens to be the voice of Robin and Nightwing on Batman the Animated Series. Amazing actor. We're excited about that, folks. We thank Arda Ocal for joining us this evening. We thank you for listening for the time that you had. We always appreciate it. Make sure you tune in next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For JB, this is DJ reminding you to always keep it PG. Uh, what's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. Good night, everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.